Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Isusu Christo. Please be seated. That wicked crowd would come to a bad end. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever and forever. Amen. Um, this gospel is a parable, and it's talking about the vineyard. And of course, when John's gospel, we know the vineyard is where Jesus works. And he tells us in that gospel, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Now we people live out here in the country, we know, because we're watching everything grow and we garden and do those things that uh, the vine cannot survive and the branch is on it if the branch is not attached. Now in this, this, this pericope, he's telling us that you have to be attached. And that vine is Jesus Christ. I tell you now, my dear brothers and sisters, we have all sorts of so-called Christians all around us who are not attached. And they're not even bearing good fruit. They think they are. Their intention to do so. But to be on a vine means you receive nourishment from the source of nourishment, that's Christ in the church. To be on the vine means you actually, it mentions his, his body and blood, is to be receiving the Eucharist. So one of the problems of conscience that I have thought about it a long time is all these people that call themselves Christians but they're not baptized and chrismated and they won't see the body and blood of the Lord. How can they call themselves Christians? Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you do not have life in you. It's a dead vine. And someone went, well, they're nice people. That's not enough. Sinners are going into heaven ahead of us that are not nice people, but they're on the vine. They're nourished by Christ. And repentance brings them to the heavenly kingdom. Yesterday I preached at the pilgrimage and I talked about relics and icons, beautiful things in the church and what they mean. It's basic that a Christian be part of the body of Christ. Paul tells us that. These people who are throwing themselves around saying they're Christians are not part of the body of Christ. How do you do that? You be given baptized and chrismated and see the body and blood of the Lord. They, uh, in the gospel today, there's a double entendre 
because he has the workers in the vineyard and they're not doing the job. That brings up another thought to me. Are we doing the job in the vineyard we're supposed to do? I think we all have an obligation, if you love your neighbor, to set a very good example for them and to try to convert them. So they say in America, we don't discuss politics or religion. Well, that's a fine mess that's got us into. Oh, you timid people. The country's falling apart. So keep on being timid. And then the Lord's going to ask you, well, what did you do in the vineyard? So the Lord went out and got another crew in this gospel that would do take care of the vineyard. This also goes for clergymen, priests and bishops, deacons, teachers in the church, those ministries in the church. What are they doing? Why are we not growing by leaps and bounds? They're worrying about what the Pope's doing. Never mind what the Pope's doing. That's his business. And I've seen a lot of Popes in my lifetime. Some were better than others, but who's to judge the Pope? Some had a different vision about their papacy than others. We've got to go along with that. Might be the Holy Spirit. Now, on this iconostas up here, there are two unusual icons. Uh, one is Mary over the wheat field over there, and here's this Christ picking the grapes in the vineyard, sitting on his tomb over here. If you look her up, you'll see in the boat there. Those are two Car Carpathian icons. They're from our particular tradition. That's around Uzorad and Chitsa and all those places. There are lots and lots of vineyards and lots and lots of fields with wheat. The people, we work in those fields. Now Christ is trying to illustrate for us the gospel of today by Our Lady giving the increase of wheat, of nourishment, and he's giving us the increase of life through his precious blood, which is the source of life because of the resurrection. See the tomb there? Interesting icon. So when we look at the scriptures, and remember that we don't talk too much about the New Testament because the New Testament is the memoirs of the apostles. And we believe that our faith is based on the preaching of the apostles. Where is that found? In the, the so-called New Testament. And these preachings they, and parables, they listened to Jesus and they wrote them down. Or they reconstructed them. So sometimes they're not exactly... One gospel to another may vary a little, but maybe that's the intention of the Holy Spirit. Can't tell that, can we? So each person 
in his life or her life to tend the vineyard may mean a different thing. You may not be out literally picking grapes. Around here you might. You might be doing something else. But the vineyard he's talking about is your neighbor, your own family. One of the dis discouraging things, I enjoyed the pilgrimage very much. I have a lot of old friends there who helped me build the four churches on the other side there. I built four churches there. I built that shrine. I'm not bragging. God helped me do it. I don't know how I did it, but God helped me do it. Never knew where the money was coming from, but just rolled in. One time I was, down, I was up in Spokane, I built that church, and I had a carpenter, a rough carpenter, and he was really rough. He was putting the sanctuary on the church because it needed to be in the east of the church, and they had doors there. Well, that, that wouldn't do. We have to have the sanctuary in the east and face God. So anyway, he won $1,000 a week to do that work. Well, I wasn't, uh, I thought this way about it. If I don't have that money, I can always call Daddy. Daddy was always good uh, helping me. I remember when I was in college, I went over my checkbook, 100 bucks, and my dad was an accountant, CPA type. And you know, I'd come home from college, he'd take my checkbook and look at it, and he'd balance it to the, to the penny. I said, Dad, what, you can't, you're doing all this work for 10 cents? He'd just look at me like, you know, I'm really not with it. He'd balance that checkbook and he'd give it back to me. He didn't say a word. He was trying to tell me something. When I became a priest, I watched, I watched every penny, I'll tell you. But anyway, I thought to myself, this guy, he, he was, <laughs> he was <laughs> working, his, good, his, his, good, his work was good, but he sort of drank a little bit, so he had all these beer cans all over the place, you know. I didn't care. He did good work, but I thought, well, he's a little rough. He wasn't a Catholic. I said, well, if I don't have that $1,000 by uh, Friday afternoon, he may just beat the hell out of me, you know? I don't, I don't know what he was going to do. He said, you give me the $1,000 and that's it. So I talked to our Blessed Mother and God, and I said, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do get this. Th I guess i got to call Dad get that $1,000. Well, I went out to the mailbox, and there was an envelope there from a mission society, Catholic, Roman Catholic Mission Society, and they'd heard about me somewhere, and in that envelope was $1,000. So I put $1,000 in the bank, and I wrote him a check. Now, don't you think the Lord provides? He does. Especially for those who are struggling in the vineyard. He's going to provide for you. And you must struggle along with the clergy and everything. There, on on uh, 
the altar there were seven priests there yesterday. I know most of them very well. A lot of them have struggled, like they didn't have money for to pay the mortgage or they wouldn't get any money that month for themselves. And uh, I always had a way to make money. I'd get another job. We're not supposed to do that, but I did it. Usually a priestly job, working the Veterans Administration, or I took care of some liberal nuns. Boy, that was a job. But anyway, <laughs> they paid me. That's a, I'm sort of naughty. I need the money. I went in there one afternoon, and there was and they had the the liturgy at four thirty in the afternoon. That's okay, but I had to drive away uh, halfway across the city to get there. I did, and the sister sacristan was there, and they were they didn't have a habit, or half of them had a habit, and the other half didn't, and they weren't talking to each other. I don't care what they were doing, as long as they were in a state of grace. I said, "Where are the sisters?" She says to me, I don't want to tell you where they're at. And every day I prepared a homily for them. I said, when you, I says, I come across the city to give, celebrate the Eucharist for these sisters and they're not here. I, and they could have called me if they didn't want the Eucharist today. Well, she says, we're paying. You have to come anyways. Well, that's true. It says you're paying me. So if the mice are there, I guess I can celebrate the Eucharist, you know? So anyway, I did celebrate the Eucharist, and I went in the sacristy. The sister was there and myself. And I said, well, can you tell me where they're really? She says, they're in there. I, I don't know how to say it now. They're dancing class. I said, you mean they chose dancing class over the Eucharist? Maybe they need to be converted. I wasn't doing much of a job there, I'll tell you. I wasn't getting to these sisters. Then I went to the mother house one day, and then I found out they weren't certainly getting along with each other too well. They should love each other. Sisters in a convent. But they were having troubles. But anyway, the vineyard is sometimes broken. And so are the servants. On that altar yesterday, some of the finest priests of the Catholic Church, they come way out here to build the Byzantine Catholic Church. Many of them, many months go by, they don't get any salary. We're doing better now. We've built some churches and they're, they're, they're thriving. So now we can have a salary. We never said anything to the lay people because they had their own problems. But I used to hear from the lay people <laughs> how rich the Catholic Church was. I said, if they only knew the truth, <laughs> they'd be shocked. Who's rich in the Catholic Church? Well, the Pope's got money. He doesn't have any money. He has a desk with money in it, and he usually gives that away to missionary bishops. 
But he's well taken care of. He doesn't carry money. No, no uh, royal person or a pope or person like that carries money because it's worldly. But they always have somebody around to pay their bills. The queen mother or somebody, you know. I wish I had a queen mother like that, but I have had many beautiful people help me with the ministry. They have cooperated in the vineyard. Many people come and work here. They're working for God. They're cooperating in the vineyard. But you have to do more. You have to speak up and try to get these poor souls that are lost into the church. I know it's difficult. But you know, like the parable today, the Lord's going to say, these, guys, these people I put, and he was paying them. He says, these people, I put them in the vineyard, and they're not picking, they're not making the harvest. So he throws them out. I'm glad it doesn't go on too much where he threw them, but anyway, so he gets another crew, and they seem to be doing the job. Now, you know, sometimes I get a phone call or I hear in confession uh, people, and they know it, their conscience bothers them. They're not doing the job for their employer. They're tired or they're disgusted or some of the people they work for are difficult or something like that. It doesn't make any difference. You should give your employer a fair day's work for a fair pay. If not, you're not in the vineyard, you're stealing. Well, I remember I went to one parish. I was a young priest. And I'd been there about a month. For the, young, the assistant there they had not had a vacation in five years. So the, the, he wrote to the, the archbishop, and he says, well, I'll send a new priest out there for a few weeks so you can get a vacation. So I went there. It's sort of a crazy place. I was in making a visit one evening. I was there by myself. I heard all this noise in the confessional. I went, I got bold, I went up and opened the drape on the confessional and this woman was curled up in the bottom of the confessional. I said, what are you doing there? And then she ran out of the church. One day, one night, she ran out, she ran in the front door and I ran out the back door. So <laughs> it was a crazy place, I thought, anyway. But I was only there a few weeks, not too long. But it came time for to them to pay for pay me. And the old Monsignor there, he was he was a whip. And uh, he didn't like me too much because I was a patristic scholar and he was sort of liberal. And he one evening he talked to me about the fathers and I talked to him. And uh, the next day this assistant told me 
He said, you really defended the fathers. I said, why should I have to defend the fathers to a priest? But I was gentle, and I did defend the fathers. My faith is based in the early church. You know that. Lister told me that I was living in the fourth century. I said, isn't it great? But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I was leaving, and uh, they didn't want to give me the, the pastor didn't want to give me any salary. And I was newly ordained. I had a car payment and all that stuff, and I was going to my first real assignment. I said, well, it's okay. So he said, no, you're going to get your salary. He says, I took it out of the collection, and here it is in cash. He didn't really tell me what he thought about that pastor, but he has to live there with him. I says, I really shouldn't take this from the collection. He says, you're entitled to your pay. You're entitled to your work, to pay paid for your work. So if I thought to myself, he's a just man, he's a good priest. Took the money, got in my car, and went away, down to the big city. I guess sometimes I'm not the best employer, because when I have to hire somebody, I just give them the minimum wage if I have to. But we're a monastery, you know, and I like to very careful about the money. It's not my money, it's God's money. And, uh, but I, I think we all have to be just, and we all have to have a good wage if we can make one. If they don't want to pay us, we still do them good day's work. We're not the crew that's thrown out of the vineyard. And why are you doing that? You're doing that to show those people the behavior of Jesus Christ because you are a Christian. Very important. So it used to be this guy come to the door. Uh, once a month he came to the door and usually the Monsignor would take care of him, but he Monsignor was out somewhere. I went to the door and he always told the same story, like he'd get his uh, merchant marine ID out, and he was uh, sick, so he wasn't working in the merchant marine. He'd tell the story, and then he'd tell the story about this woman that did him wrong. And so every, every time he'd come, he'd tell him the same story. Well, yeah, he came to the door one day, and I had my black suit on and my big black hat and collar. I was going to a meeting. I opened the door. I only, only gave him a quarter. I said to him, I really don't have time much to talk with you. I says, I have to get to a meeting. So I said, here's your quarter. He says, if you don't have time to talk to me, I don't want your lousy quarter. Was he ungrateful or was I insensitive? How was I tending to the vineyard? Maybe I should have gone late to the meeting. There are many ways that we tend to meet in the vineyard, and we don't know the good we do or the bad example we show. God forbid we show anger or resentment. And you know, like the Roman Catholics say, if you're cheated, offer it up. 